0: In my heart, I'm I'm praying for divine healing and uh, and God's will be done. I left them with scripture. I believe God's going to do something that Keisha Thompson too, as well. Turn with me, stand with me and turn with me for the reading of the word of God. Tonight is part three on the Lord's prayer. I know we had a Wednesday off uh, with, uh, give me uh, a okay, Yeah. General. But turn to Matthew six nine through thirteen. The King James version it says this: After this manner, art in heaven, be thy name. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We have one more series. Uh, We have a special uh, next week. Brother Johnson, Rick Johnson, will be teaching. So I'm so excited. to us on the very last lesson of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I want to leave you, uh, I, I, I kind of want to have a little bit of um, kind of lightness before I get into what we're doing. But So I'm going to read you a story. So George Phillips of Meridian, Mississippi was going to bed when his wife told him he left the light on in the shed, which she could see from the bedroom window. George go off. He saw two guys in the shed stealing things. He phoned the police and he said, is someone, uh, he he phoned the police and they said, is someone in your home? He said, no. They said all patrols were busy and that he should just lock his door and the officer would come be along when they are available. George said, okay. He hung up. He counted slowly to 30. And 30 seconds, or 30 30 seconds, phone the police again. Hello, I just called you a few seconds ago because there were people in my shed. Well, you don't have to worry about them now because I have shot them all and hung up. Five minutes later, three police cars and an armed response unit and an ambulance show up. Of course, the police officer caught The burglars red-handed. One of the policemen said, I thought you said that you shot them. George said, I thought you said there was no. I'm certainly glad that our Lord is not like the police department for this gentleman. Uh, 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 I, I just thought that might be a little humor for the start of the evening. But anyway, so I'm certainly glad that God is always available. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3.12, the Bible says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to your prayers. So he, he's extended an invitation to anyone that will pray. Uh, and you will, uh, for you to come to the throne, Hebrews four sixteen said, says this, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, and find grace to help in time of need, now, never has there ever been a time like now, that we've ever really, I mean, we've always needed the Lord, so, don't let me get that crisp crossed in your mind but we are in perilous times greater than we've ever been before the nation the world is in uh, a top turby uh, we're the we're company in the country who who wants to run the country who who whatever right we are we're in a place where We are uh, finding things boldly the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Let me say something. We need the Lord. We need the grace of the Lord in our lives for us to show grace to others. Say what an invitation to be invited by such a powerful, mighty God. Through prayer, we can literally come to his very throne and sit at his feet and seek his face. And fellowship with him, and pray with him. We've been talking about prayer, being uh, in communication with the Lord, and and fellowship with him, and being effective uh, effective in our prayer, and praying regularly and sincerely. and And sometimes we may be need may need to pray secretly uh, and thoughtfully, right? And you can read that in Matthew six five through eight. After Jesus addressed these principles, he said. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, in Matthew 6, 9. So what he was doing was he was giving us a pattern uh, by which we can learn to pray. And that prayer, there are two parts in that prayer. The Bible says the holiness and will of God and the provision of God. And last week we talked about the holiness and the will of God. Tonight we're going to talk about uh, provision. And so God is our Father and I want you to know you can trust Him. You can trust your Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Father is in Heaven. That's where our prayers are directed. All our prayers go straight to Heaven. His name is to be hallowed. And so you don't need to know all the names of God. You just need to know that when you pray He's everything you need. Everything that you need. A lot of times Um, we don't always focus on Him being everything that we need. And the Lord is everything that I need. When I don't have a job, He's everything that I need. When I I don't have bread on the table, He's everything that I need. When I'm lonely, He's everything that I need. When I'm sick, he's He's everything that I need. Our first request should be that His kingdom come and his will be done in earth as it is in heaven. This is where we surrender our will to his will. Many folks get lost in thinking that the will of God is what they're doing when they have not really sought the Lord and are willing to relinquish their will to his will. So we're halfway through the Lord's prayer and our requests haven't been met. You haven't said, Lord, help me. Lord, this is mine, this is I, I want this, I want that, right? So when we take care of, uh, of praying for everything else and, and, and address the, the things that need to be addressed, then uh, we can begin to look at the request maybe on our part of what we might need to pray. But this is part of, that deals with the provision, prayer of provision. And provision is to supply or take care of. Understand that that's the Lord. The Lord takes care of us. The parameters of prayer are limitless because we're talking about a limitless God. In Ephesians 3.20, the Bible says this, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. So tell me about your need, and I'll tell you about a God that can meet that need. Well, you know, I need, we all need a million dollars. Well, no, maybe we don't. Maybe it's our wants, right? I want a million dollars, but what do I really need? Do I need just twenty dollars? I don't know how many of you. Uh, you know, a long time ago, I told a story about how God supplied a need with six dollars. That was when gas was less than three. You know, two fifty a gallon, and you know you could get six bucks. would give you almost six gallons of gas, and um, so. Um, Dollar in your pocket, and you're kind of like, "Well, I'm I'm about uh, three days away to pay cu- payday," and and been walking through a parking lot. Now I I have done this, and this is no lie. This is not a bragging, braggadocious, or uh, not anything about bragging. What I'm saying is, I'm just telling you that when I walked through the parking lot, there was a five dollar bill. I reached down, and I almost thought it was a fake five dollar bill because it was. That pocket and went on into Walmart and spent that five dollars. But you know, I mean, and, and then and then you go, Well, man, I should have okay. So then I'm going, I didn't pay tithes, God gave me that. I, you know, so now I'm I got to pay tithes on that. I, all these things go through my head. I don't know, if it goes through yours, but it's like, God, thank you. I should have bought something for a little less so I could have paid my tithes on that five dollars. But the bottom line is, there's there's always a blessing somewhere if you will, be mindful of God's blessings, and be willing to go God for this. I I you know I, I might not have needed it that bad, but God God just dropped it, to me. So I ask you, I ask you today, what is it that you need to tell God what you need? The provision of prayer, Matthew 6, 11, says bread. Here is the basic necessities of life. He's referring to our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual needs. Give us this day our daily bread. It has, several, it has several implications. We can turn to the wrong source in an effort to meet our needs. Hear me. We're to ask our Father for bread because we don't want the wrong person feeding us. Sometimes we listen, you know, in this day and age right now. There's more streaming. There's more, uh, there's more people streaming online than there's ever been before. More preachers streaming online. More, more people trying to get you to listen and follow and hear and do and, and, and get after uh, things and move in this area. I mean, there, there's so many different things. Now. That we must understand that God's voice must be prevalent in our hearts and in our might. Okay. I am fading in and out. sorry about that. Uh, Let me get my, reel myself back in here. So, uh, thank you. Uh, Maybe it's the jacket. Um, Anyway, so we are to ask our Father for the bread. That's who we are. You see, the devil has a food bank as well and offered it to Jesus in the wilderness in Matthew 4, 3. Jesus refused because it would have been the wrong source of bread. Amen. Had Eve stayed full of the light, fruit, the right fruit, excuse me, the right fruit, she would have never looked to the wrong tree. Hear me. We must stay focused. We must eat the right bread. We must stay focused in our prayer. We must be committed in our prayer. Asking him for bread reminds us who it, our provider is, which is Jesus Christ. And John, in James 1:16, says this: every good and perfect gift. Every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down. I must have given you the wrong scripture back there. Uh, if we're not careful, we cannot forget who the source is. You see, Moses gave Israel a warning. Beware that you don't forget the Lord, your God, and all and who it is that gave you the power to get wealth. In Deuteronomy 8, 11, and 18. See, God, God has promised to supply our needs. In 8.11 it says this, beware. Okay. Philippians 4.19. This feels like a crazy night. You know, the devil is just, but that's all right. God, God wants us to pray. And in these last days, whatever these last days are, we must pray. Amen. Uh, Regardless of distractions, regardless of everything that's going on, we must pray. We must ask God for help. And and God is going to supply our every need. Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. Matthew 6.31-32 says this, therefore take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or with With all shall we be clothed. Verse 32 says this, For all of these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. So the Lord knows everything that we need. He knows everything that we have need of. And so that verse is conditional, though. He'll only do it if we put him first. In Matthew 6.33, so putting him first says this, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So, conditionally, if you will seek his face, seek him first, and the kingdom, his kingdom first, then he will supply your every need. If we're serving the kingdom, the king will take care of our needs. If you're not serving the kingdom or his kingdom, then he's not going to supply your needs. Many people get a little bit distracted with blessings that come, and God will bless people in many different ways, uh, but but you must continually keep him first in the kingdom of God in your life. We're to ask for our needs and not, not necessarily our wants, amen? You know, there's a lot of wants and gimmies, you know. I mean, we're, this world is full of people, well, what, what, whatever, if it's free, it's for me. So Jesus never pro- promised us that we'd be rich. He just said we wouldn't go without. And that's the thing you must understand. You're not going to go without. Uh, you know, I've testified many a times. I've never went without leaving the career I had to become a pastor. Even in this pandemic era where the where offerings have completely dropped in almost half or, or less, that I, that God has still supplied the needs for the church. We've still been doing work here. It's been open every day, working on the church. Your church has been painted, taken care of. Uh, everything has been taken care of. We're not in the red. I mean, we're not in the uh, we're not in the um, negatives. We're doing doing well, and I'm not saying that so you won't pay your tithes. But the bottom line is. God has still been taking care of the church. Amen. In Psalms 37, 25, it says, I have been young and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Now, when, Now this is why it's so important for us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves because our elders can tell you they've never been forsaken. Regardless, some of us, you know, even for me, I mean, I haven't been forsaken, but I'm not as old as an elder. And an elder has seen some things, have come through some things. Sister Juanita has come through some things, and God has never forsaken her. Sister uh, um, Maddie has come through some things, and God has never forsaken her. Uh, uh, God has always supplied the needs of his people. Our prayers should include others who have needs as well. No, no. You know, sometimes we get into these prayers and we go begin to go, God, you know, I need, I need, and and I, I got this and I've got that, but but our prayers need to include folks, other folks that need something. Amen. The the words us and our show our concern for others in prayer. We can't only be concerned about our needs and say and say, Lord, I don't care about, I don't care about the other folks. Just care about mine, bless my needs. And so, prayer goes beyond my needs. Prayer goes beyond what I might want or need. We need to pray for others to be blessed of God. Philippians uh, 2, 4 says, Let not every man on his own things, or look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So, If you see someone in need, pray for those needs for that person. If you see that they're walking around with a shoe with a hole in it, ask God to supply that. God may lay it on your heart, go over and just pull out 75 bucks and say, here, God told me to give that to you. Now, whatever they do with it, that's on them. You're just being obedient to God. We're taught to stay dependent on him. Daily, I can't, I I can't get up today and go, God, I trust you. I'm walking with you today. I'm living with you today. I'm going to believe in you today and then go to bed, wake up tomorrow. Now tomorrow's today and go, I just got a red slip or pink slip on my electric bill. How am I going to make it? I I don't have no money in the bank. How am I going to pay this bill? You need to, you need to be dependent on God. God, this house you've given me. And I know you're going to help me find this electric bill. Some way the money's going to come. Some way. Jesus emphasized the dailiness of good supply, of God's supply. Asking him for daily bread is a reminder that we need him every day. We need the Lord every day. The best example is Israel in the wilderness. Watch. He said, only enough provision for today. Don't lay up more for tomorrow. Just take what you need for today, and I'll supply your need tomorrow. And if you look at the birds, I said this last time, I don't know when I was when it was, but birds have God's God supplies birds, feeds them, takes care of them. Some folk have a beautiful buffet of seeds out for their birds that God has laid on their heart to just fill the cedar up so the birds could feed. But even if those birds were not to have feeders, God would still supply their needs with worms, with bugs, and everything else. You see, the reason he wants us to come boldly every day is because it keeps us thankful. We must come every day before him because it keeps us thankful. Amen. When the refrigerator is full, it's easy to forget God and not depend on him when my fuel tank is full it's easy to forget that I need him and I need that I need to depend on him it's when it gets down to E and the the gas tank lights up in the dashboard and I go and stick the card in there and it won't give me no gas who do you depend on then need to get this because most of us have our dinner for tomorrow, most of us have money for gas tomorrow, but we still need to depend on God, and we need to be thankful. You know, I I say this, and I don't say this carelessly because there's many folks that are sick and dying. I am very grateful, right, every day I thank God for life and health. I don't take it for granted everything that's going on around the world, every person that's come down with COVID-19 that did not make it and passed this world and went into eternity, right? God has still allowed me to be alive today. And to have my right mind, and to have a mind that says I love Jesus and I need Jesus, I give God glory. I was talking to one of my neighbors the other night, and as simple, the simple, the simplest thing of just being able to stand outside and say hello to somebody, you know, and 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 just be grateful to be able to say hi to someone, and stand, or talk, or see, or smell, or feel, uh, you know, you need. We need to be thankful for everything that we have, even if you don't have a car. You need to be thankful that you got up and you have feet. And legs to walk on. We need to get this because God wants us to be dependent on him. We ought to fast as a family. Not drive fast. I'm talking about fast food. That means not eat fast food. That's do away with food. Just do away with a meal. Don't eat a meal. Don't eat two meals. If you can go three, work up to it. Don't do it right. Don't crash. Don't. That'll. Hurt you, but the bottom line is, we need to fast sometimes, push away from the food and ask God, tell God, look, I, I just need to spend some time with you, I need to get some things in order in my life, I need to get my mind straightened out, you know, because I see so many people, you know, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm going to say this. What are you going to what am I going to do and you going to are you going to do if the if the dollar goes away? I don't know how many of you get emails that said, "You need to buy gold now." Buy gold. Turn in all your 401Ks and buy gold. Because the dollar is crashing. My trust is in the Lord. And if we don't have a prayer life, it's going to be hard to trust the Lord. It's going to be hard to go, God, you're my provider. When my bank is freezed and seized because I'm a Jesus-named, Holy Ghost-filled, apostolic man or woman of God, and they freeze all my assets and they cut my electric off, I've still got to be able to And I know, I know, I know y'all are going, oh, this guy has totally whacked out. I'm just saying, who's your provider? Where do your provisions lie in? Is your provision in you? You? Because you got a job? What if you have to take the mark of the beast so that you can get the money out of your bank for working at your job? Or maybe you have to have the mark of the beast just to go on the job now. Anyway, I'm talking about prayer. Amen? It's important to pray. You've got to hold on to the things of God. See, you know, there's a way to ask God to pardon you. Matthew 6, 12 says this, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know, I was over here, and again, I don't say this braggadociously. I'm saying I do not want to stand before you if I have sin in my life. And if I've looked at someone or if I've acted in a way that would not be becoming of the Lord, I'm going to ask God to forgive me before I stand in this pulpit. And before these singers and these musicians, I I even, I'm I'm praying, I prayed over them. I'm like, God, if there be any sin in our team, Lord, let, let there be forgiveness tonight so that what we do does not hamper or hinder what you want to do. I do not want to interfere with anything God has for you all and the church so pardon we need a pardon we need pardon we need forgiveness from god this is part of the prayer that's crucial here jesus introduces the very difficult subject of forgiveness not only for our sins but for others who have hurt us there's not a person here who hasn't struggled with forgiveness Maybe personal forgiveness or forgiveness of a brother or sister in the church or even a family member or someone in the world. This, the issue of forgiveness is real. It's very real. It's because, because the problem of sin is real. And when, the, when we sin against someone or they sin against us, it is like running up a bill, accumulating a debt that we cannot pay back and that they can't pay back. And forgiveness means this. To hurl away, it has to do with casting or throwing it away, that which has been done against us. That means that you have to take the offense or the hurtfulness or the, the act that has been put against you and forgive, get rid of it. To cancel a debt, to release the offender from the debt they owe my dad said to me and and even some other men have said to me don't loan no money if you expect to get it back because people don't pay back so so if if you're going to help someone out you might as well just figure it's not coming back many a time I've seen that it just doesn't come back so To give up resentment and the desire to punish a decision to no longer carry an offense on the books. You know, my dad had a little black book. There were times when he would loan me lots of money and uh, bail me out. And there was a little black book with my name with that amount of money in it. and, And I had to pay that back. But you can't have that with someone that has offended you. Many of people have a little black book of everything. Uh, sister so-and-so, she just looked at me like, Lord, mm, she gets an X today. And until she ever, ever, if she don't ask for forgiveness, I ain't forgiving her. Families are that way. I've watched families get into that because I know that might upset some people but 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 family's that way family family will hold a grudge against you let me tell you something you won't get into heaven holding a grudge against me so I'm gonna ask you forgive me if I've done anything you see the opposite of this uh, is the the refusal to let go of the debt and retaliate against the sinner I'm glad we've been given the privilege of repentance amen in 1 John 1, 9, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, when God lets go of our sins, he remembers them no more. And that's in Isaiah forty I'm not sure if they'll bring that one up. But the bottom line is yet God's forgiveness toward us rests solely on our forgiveness of others. Forgive our debts As we forgive our debtors, we must be willing to give up what we expect to receive ourselves. Forgiveness is not an option. We can't be forgiven if we don't forgive. Matthew uh, Matthew 18, 21 through 35. I didn't put that in there, but Jesus makes it clear. He tells a man who was forgiven much, but who would not forgive the other. This is where he was forgiven of a debt, and then he went after the man that owed him and was not going to forgive him. And, and that, got, that came back twice as hard on him for not forgiving that man of his debt because he was forgiven. So this man was turned over to the torturers until his debt was paid in full. In Matthew 18, 35, it says this. So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you. If ye from your hearts forgive not everyone, his brother, their trespasses. So if we fail to forgive others, God will hold us in the same harsh manner and standard of unforgiveness that we, exact, we exacted against our brother or our sister. Forgiveness. The way we forgive, the way of forgiveness is, is so much better. It brings peace of mind. It restores relationships. It's a, it creates a clear communication with God when we uh, are forgiving others. In James 2.13, 2, James said this, those who extend mercy, uh, I, I, all right, I'll read it from the top, for he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy And mercy rejoices against judgment. Those who extend mercy to others will themselves receive mercy from God. So by refusing to forgive, we destroy the bridge over which we ourselves must cross. Verses 14 and 15 says this. Evidently, forgiveness was the most important part of the prayer because it is the only part he addressed when it was over and why it is because of what it cost him to forgive us of our sins. The price was paid on the cross by Jesus Christ. That was a great cost of his life. And Ephesians 4.32 it says this and be ye kind one to another tender hearted forgiving one another even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. I want to talk to you about his protection as well in this prayer, the protection in prayer. In Matthew 6.13, it says, this, represents, this presents a problem for many. This presents a problem for many. Um, it is not that God might lead us into something we shouldn't be doing. And pray that he won't be, but it is a request of divine protection in the midst of a fallen world that bombards us every every day with evil. From the time we wake up to the time we go to bed, even while we're sleeping, we're in, a, in spiritual danger. The entire world system is aligned against us, and I'm not propaganda in anything. When we pray this prayer, we are asking God to, one, Give us power over the pull of temptation. Two, deliver us from the evil one. You see, the evil one attacks two ways by deception and direct assault. The request is necessary because all are tempted and tempted often. None of us are above falling, not even the pastor nor the bishop. No one in this church is above falling, not your musicians. Not your singers, not your ushers, not your sound booth, not your deacons, not your board members. No one is above falling out of the will of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says this. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Temptation yields to results in guilt and grief for us and others. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it? So overtaken, when you see over the word overtaken, means you were minding your own business when a temptation came. It's not something you asked for, it just came. And so three powerful truths. One, and that is God is faithful and you can count on him to respond when tempted. Two, even the attacks of Satan that come your way are controlled by God. No matter how hard or painful the trial, he'll never allow you to it, allow it to take you under. You must hold on to God. Uh, you know, many people say, "Look, God let me have." Look what God let me do. This, God let this happen. Why did God let this happen? You have control over letting it happen or not letting it happen. Three. Not only will He limit the extent of the temptation, but will provide an escape route at the same time He allows the trial. When tempted, we need to remember this: One, greater is He. First John four four. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 2, Romans 8, 31. If God be for us, who can be against us? We're not praying something that he doesn't already know we're going through. Or that he don't know about. uh, 2 Peter 2, 9. The Lord knoweth now the deliverer, the godly out. uh, Excuse me. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of the temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Uh, uh, Jude 24 says, As he is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence. I'm paraphrasing that chapter. Uh, He is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Why pray for protection? This is why we need a desperate we need it desperately and God is a delivering God. He delivered Esther. And the Jews from being destroyed in Persia, Daniel from the lion's den, Peter from the prison, even though Stephen was stoned to death, he looked up and saw heaven open and and Jesus waiting to even when it's time to die, he delivers us. We pray for protection because God loves to deliver. And to, and it also, if we will trust him, it'll bring honor to him. Matthew 6:13, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. He is our power. He is our glory. Prayer is glory important for us, you must take these, just these, they're basic, this is basic prayer, basic one-on-one, I guess you could call, in, uh, in prayer and, and seeking the face of God and asking God to uh, move and intervene in, uh, in um, things around in your life. And so I encourage you to continue to pray and seek the face of God. I I don't take it lightly when I stand before you. When I tell you I do ask God to forgive me, you say, well, why didn't you ask God to forgive you before you got there? Well, I'm constantly making sure that my life, because I'm human and I don't want to do anything that would offend God or even come between what God is saying and you. So I'm constantly making sure that my life has no sin by repenting is what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm constantly repenting and asking God to forgive me of any sins that would be in my life. Um, I pray, the things that we must pray for are those who need the Lord. Um, I don't get caught up in praying for my family because the Lord knows my family needs the Lord. So I pray for others, other families members who are prodigals, who have walked away from God. I encourage you to pray, pray for others that you know that need the Lord. God will take care of our children, and I believe we're going to see our children and our loved ones coming back to the kingdom of God. The Lord told us there would be a harvest on Sunday. Yes. Many of you uh, were not a part of that because we had already closed out the service from streaming, and one uh, just we closed it out, and it was a powerful move of God in this sanctuary Sunday. And God told us, That there is a, that he's coming, and he's coming soon. And that we need to do his will, his work. We need not be worried about what we're doing in this world. We need to be worried about his his will in, in heaven and getting as many people saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Teach them Bible studies. Let's get them discipled because Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. We love you. Worship with us as we sing you're online and you need to connect with us anyway just connect with us on messenger and we'll direct you to a church in your area if you're not in this area may the lord richly bless you god bless Have a good-